discovered rock and roll. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. There's a noise in his head and he's out of control. And we're back with part two of our conversation with Luke Rogers. We talk about siblings and brothers and celebrity and fame and how to be a there you are type of person versus a here I am type of person and he has some interesting insights into meeting celebrities and also uh, both of his brothers uh, one was on The Bachelor and the other one was the Super Bowl MVP so Luke has some interesting perspective on how all this works and he shares some stories with us so that is going to be super fun I think you guys will really love this conversation one little tiny thing before we start it I'm going to be on tour with my wife Vocal Few uh, this summer, June, July, uh, we're going to be going around to living rooms. So if you want to come say hello, uh, tickets are on sale now at vocalfew.com, uh, vocalfew.com slash tickets if you want to get right to the page. But we're going all the way across the U.S. And so if you haven't seen an intimate living sh- living room show or uh, if you just want to come say hello, we hang out, we do a Q&A, we talk. It's kind of an intimate, cool little vibe. And I think you might enjoy it if you haven't yet. So, vocalview.com, that's all I got to say. Check it out. Tickets, we start June 8th. We go through all of July. So, um, pick up tickets in advance if you want to check that out. All right, here's our conversation with Luke Rogers. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. He's only 22 and he's out of control. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. My little brother just discovered rock and roll. There's a noise in his head and he's out of control. So you're growing up in Chico and you're the jock. So you're in a family of um, jocks. I'm the least jock. I'm the least. You're the least jock. You're the oldest. The least of them. So you're the oldest of what? Two, three brothers? Three brothers, yeah. Two? Three. Three? Or three of us. Oh, the three, three total. total. Okay, so you're the oldest of yeah. three. And Our uh, math was tough there, Matt. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm doing math. I'm the, young, I'm the youngest of four siblings, so. We got the oldest, the youngest, and where are you, Matt? I'm the, I'm the third of, well, Middle child. My, my mom had six, and then we adopted two more when I was a little bit older. So, eight kids. So we've got a we've an we've an oldest a baby and we've got a middle child. This is we got the whole gamut here, guys. Yeah, we're gonna fight. We got it covered. So yeah. So yeah. anyways, you're growing up in this family. You're the oldest, right? So you're dealing. You're dishing a lot of the shit to to your younger brothers. Oh yeah, of course. Not so much Jordan because Jordan is six and a half years younger than me. But Aaron and I were 19 months apart, so like we fought all the time. And then Aaron decided he couldn't beat me up, so he's gonna try to beat up Jordan, which gave me another reason to beat up on Aaron. This shit um, rolls downhill. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And I was like, you can't pick on Jordan; he's too little. Come on, <laughs> you can fight, but you can fight he's me again. Too little. <laughs> I were wish you, I had you as an older brother because my older brother was six years older than me, and I couldn't do anything. And there was no other brother to, so I, my brother beat the crap out of me. It's funny, like uh, my brother yeah. beat the crap out of me a long time, and then he went through a divorce later in life, and then he called me all the time, and he was like my best friend, and I was like, every time he'd call, I'd be like. I don't trust you still. Right. Like I still have hook? all these scars the from childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, you know, like, that's so. I we haven't talked about this, Nate, but that's just so much like my older brother. He's four years older than me, and he tortured me. My dad once told me that if any one of his kids would have been a serial killer, it would have been Dan because he just has no. <laughs> he's a sociopath, and he used to like suffocate me under pillows and like laugh oh, and like you know. We came up really you know super religious. And so if we said any swear words, we would get spanked and he would torture me until I would say some, a swear word at him. And then he would go tell on me and then I would get spanked. And then he would be sitting out in front of like, as I walked out from the spanking to laugh at me again, because just to drive that home, like he, he was sadistic. And then, yeah, later in life, you know, some bad stuff happens to him. And he's calling you. And he's he's calling me and he's FaceTiming me and we're we're good buds. You know, it's just funny how that that tends to turn around. Yeah. Not, not exactly the ringing endorsement you want from your parents. Like yeah. most likely to be a serial killer. Oh, well, right. yeah, my, my dad's pretty <laughs> high. That one home, put that on your mail. He's a pretty yeah. hyperbolic guy, but Proud he's parent no, of he a might serial have said, killer. He might have said sociopath. You know, could have been a nonviolent sociopath. But he was pretty violent growing up, so I don't know. Um, yeah, he just had that, I don't know, my dad described it as like, he just had that cold, like he could turn his emotion off and just punish people. Um, but now he's a very emotional guy, you know, his heart was cracked wide open. 
that just sounds exhausting as a parent to discipline a kid in that way, not to just walk back. Like, it was exhausting. What's the, si- yeah. what's the situation here? Well, oh, I remember he my brother. Uh, my brother was like 11 years old at the dinner table, and he's like, "I can, I can get a spanking with the belt. Doesn't, doesn't hurt me." <laughs> and my dad looks over because he's a leather belt on the bare, on the bare backside. And my dad looks over and he's like, "Oh, really? You think you can?" And he's like, "Yeah, I could do it." And then they, they march off down the hall and my brother takes like 10 with the belt, totally like lips, you know, sealed, comes back, sits down, eats his dinner, no tears, nothing. That's the last (laughs) time he got a spanking because he's just like constantly challenging. Like I can turn off this emotion. So anyways, yeah, I'd I'd like to address a few things. One is I've got two boys. They're about, you know, I'm seeing it from the very beginning now. So it's kind of a cool uh, just a cool place in life just to kind of go, oh, this is probably what it was like as a kid. Um, and, you know, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old boys. They beat each other up all day long. And I'm trying to be in the middle of them because I'm home a lot with the kids. But I've noticed that, like, the younger children have a huge advantage in life because, you know, as the oldest, it's harder because you have to kind of plow the way through everything. You don't have this experience. My two-year-old's crapping on the toilet long before my four-year-old was. Why? Because he's watching his brother crap on the toilet. So now he can barely talk yet, and he's climbing up on the- He's like, Dad, I got to poop. And I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> you're ahead of schedule, buddy. And he, crawl, he he does this thing. And then he's just he's so much more advanced because he has that. Right. He has something to look to. And I would say I would say the oldest child, it's like the hardest to be, I think, yeah, in, you, in, in, yeah. in a big family. And I think your parents, it's, I was actually I was talking to Jordan about this the other day. It's just by the time they get to like the third child, at least for my parents, I thought they were just like, man, we. We're kind of over this whole like disciplining and we're, you know, we had, we put two boys through the ringer Jordan, (laughs) he's going to, he'll turn out fine. We'll just let it happen. And I'm like, stuff you get away with, dude, I, man, we've been grounded for life. Things he's like, you know, we grew up in a very like strict and, um, you know, very Christian home. And I mean, I'm better for it. Uh, but you didn't, you didn't cuss in front, you know, in front of my parents or really ever. And (laughs) Jordan has some epic stories of saying things, and I was just like, "Oh wow!" Like, dude, he's done. Yeah. He's gra- he's grounded until high school graduation. And my mom and dad are just like, "Yeah, whatever." Oh, uh, he's the baby child. Yeah, he's. Mom would always say he's a little spicy. You know, that's how he is. <laughs> he's I'm spicy. Like, I'm like, really? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, it's it, it is unfair. It's unfair for the oldest. Um, I remember my older brother and sister didn't even get like brown sugar on their oatmeal. You know, like everything was so strict. And uh, and then you know by the time the the little ones are running around, it's like that doesn't matter anymore. You kind of just loosen up naturally. I would say really, that, like yeah. nothing in your life affects you more than this because you know like I love Legends of the Fall and Legends of the Fall is oh, all yeah. about this. The father loves the one son because he's just the wild the wild child and then the older son who does everything by the book and then the youngest brother is just like everyone loves him but that dynamic of those three in that movie it just will kill you because it's like right. you can understand the father's perspective because he just he wants his boys to be his boys do you guys feel like your parents liked one sibling over the other or no 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 like I know what you're saying though it's like you've got alfred the older brother and samuel the younger brother dies in the war and then you got you tristan you right you always want to be tristan everybody <laughs> does right yeah. you want to sail around the world and grow your hair out and like you know you want to die and go out like killing a bear or sleep turn with into like a 50 bear. girls in an opium den right i mean <laughs> all, all the good stuff that comes along with like just being like just being the, you know, the badass the, cowboy the guy, prodigal you know? son right but I mean, it's, right. it's, yeah. it's, it, it shapes you, right? So where your, your birth order shapes you and then yeah. how your parents see you shapes you and then how your brothers see you shapes you. So it's like they're always you're, – you're competing against your parents' attention. You're competing with your siblings. Yeah. And then ultimately you just – I feel like you can't help because – and this is kind of like the competition of it all. It's like, you know, my brother calls me sometimes like, man, everything kind of works out for you. And I'm <laughs> like, What? Like I don't feel that way. He's like I don't know. Right. I feel like you've you know you've whatever you you you've kind of been able to sort of sidestep all the the bullshit in life and kind of do things you want to do. And I just feel like it hasn't gone that way for me. And I was just like, wow, interesting. Um, but I think being the youngest, I had a little bit of an advantage. You know, right? I think yeah. I mean, I think that in some ways you get to watch your brothers. You get the yeah. It's almost like. <laughs> 
for a golf analogy or sports analogy, it's like it's getting like putt second, like and you're you're at the same line. You're like, oh, okay, so if my older brother did this and then that didn't work out, yeah. or I did work out, I just got to follow suit or not follow suit. I think there is an advantage in that sense to doing that because you get to learn from from their experiences, and I think a lot of that is even just like subconscious. You get to see, you know, I would assume you get to see you know, sort of you learn the the ropes of your, of your folks, um, but just by watching and watching, watching your siblings fail um, <laughs> and good or bad, usually you end up going to the same school. So I know for like my, my brothers, yeah, they're exactly. like, Oh, they're like, Oh, you're Luke's, you're, 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 you're Luke Rogers brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I know how you're going to be, yeah. you know? And then yeah. I think that for them, it was a challenge to try that to top, was me. top that was the me. sort of antics that we had, that I had. And then, and Jordan takes the cake because Jordan always wanted to take everything that, that basically I did and, and and then try to take it to the nth power. Um, <laughs> whether it was like we used to do so much dumb stuff, even in, in high school and college, because, you know, I, I came up with my my best friend from home was Jeff Schneeweiss, who. Oh, yeah. Number one know, gun, Jeff. Number one gun. Yeah. yeah. And we just we live in a small town. So we would we do ridiculous stuff. We'd like ride on. We'd. we'd ride scooters around town like when the bars would get out and throw water balloons at people we'd like <laughs> we'd crash we were in high school we would crash fraternity and sorority parties um you know and get in there they didn't know who we were and then we turn we'd close all the windows and turn the heat up and knock drinks off we just like did all kinds of funny <laughs> fun board st- kid stuff right like and so jordan yeah. here here's all these stories for years and years about us like Right, you know, ter- terrorizing the college church group. He's got the, guys he's that got all the mythology together. of it all. Right, yeah. <laughs> so he would just be like, "Oh, remember when you did that? Well, we did that, but with this." And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be I like, feel well, like my work is done. To, trying to overcome. So it gets crazy. So you 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 grew up with Jeff. Is that kind of like the influence of of music and bands and stuff like that that you that you had? Would you would you say that was through him? Oh or? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just definitely. Like we like we. I remember when we first started listening to like Mineral back in the day, like. Yeah, that's really what shaped Jeff musically. He would say that he would say that it started with mineral and wanting to like, you know, basically have an indie slash emo, whatever you want to call it band. Right. So it was that it was like, um, for the going forever, to the, cata- the, 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 the Chris Caraba record. Right. Yeah. Going to the catacomb, all of the above. Right. right. Sunny day real estate. It's listened to all those, all those bands and stuff that at the drive-in that, that sort of, you wanted to, Gosh, you want you wanted to sound like those guys. You wanted to do something like they did. I remember like MXPX. Like, gosh, I I got to meet the dude from MXPX just randomly when I was in Seattle last time. I was up there with my buddies from Acceptance, which is a whole other weird thing because Acceptance was like my favorite band ever. <laughs> like when I was in college, like seriously. Yeah. And and now they're like my pals, and mm-hmm. like I became good buds with Christian when he was in Anne Berlin and good he, I didn't know he played in, I didn't even know he played in acceptance. And he tells me, I was like, what did you do before this? He's like, Oh, I played in a band called acceptance. You probably never heard of him. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> never heard yeah. of him. <laughs> so you met Mike yeah, or Tom yeah. or my, cool. my, I met Mike. Yeah. yeah Mike's it was great. cool. It was just, it was just cool. Cause it was like, I don't know, man. It, growing up is a weird thing, guys. Like, it's just weird. It's weird to be older and be like, man, these, if I was 22 right now and you told me like, yeah. oh man, someday you're going to hang out with, uh, yeah. even like this, you're going to, you're going to do a, a little podcast with, oh, uh, Matt from Classic Crime and uh, <laughs> Nate from Sherwood. I'd be like, oh, get out of here, man. They what about, what, what about a, your little brother is going to get the MVP of the Super Bowl? What about that one? Does that not surprise? That's, that's wild, man. Yeah. That would be like. I'd be like, come on, man. You can't beat me at anything. Are you serious? Like, he's... Kid's got no he's talent. He's kind of slow. Wait, you he's can't beat me at pong? Is that what you said? I said he can beat me at anything. Oh, I thought you said he can I was like, man, he's kind of slow. He's slow? Oh, he's he, slow? He, he, he's he can't, slow? Yeah, he was. Always Yeah, he's got... I was like, he got a pretty good arm. I mean, but he's like, you know, short. That was what I said as a kid. He's kind of short. You know, he's got big feet. He's slow. His, his jumper's okay, I guess, like in hoops. But man, he can't take me. That's you know, hilarious. that's kind of how... It's bizarre. It, it, it was even more weird, I think, like with Aaron, especially, you know, he played at Butte College and I knew he was like a pretty good player. Like, you never, th- you don't think like that. And then like he went to Cal and I'd be like, oh, dude, I'd be at Chico State. I'd be like, dude, my bro's on ESPN, man. You guys got to see this. It was on Sports Center. Like he was throwing a pack. Can you believe that, man? And like that was a trip, yeah, right? To see yeah, that. Yeah. Because it's never expected that to happen. And then at least it happens I mean, slow. Because it'd right. be even a yeah. bigger trip if it was like right, like because bands blow up overnight. Like there's a you know right. you get a single yeah. and it's like you know now it's number one in sixteen yeah, I countries. Mean, that's the way that Matt and I can relate. Is we've had so many friends like you know um, you know I I was backstage trying to get 
you know, uh, some scrounge some food off of the opening uh, headliner band with some guys that now are writing for Taylor Swift. And it's <laughs> like nice. stuff like that where it's like, what? You know, I've seen probably three or four times friends I've been on tour with get Grammys. And uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's Portugal, a weird experience. Recently. You're yeah, it's just funny. a dude with these other dudes, and then all of a sudden they're like on TV and they're super successful, and it's 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 a weird feeling. It's like you you're excited for your friends. Well, I know what you're talking you about with the uh, MXPX stuff because I, I was a 16 year old listening to MXPX, and then you know I'm 23 and I'm on tour with them, and yeah, like, I just what like is this? jaw on the floor, like side stage for two weeks on like a six week tour just like singing along and like and then telling them my awkward stories you know like i'm on tour like you know we're sort of peers now but it just didn't feel that equals and you're like well yeah yeah, i love your song i I listen to your songs all the time but no one's around still sing the bridge from andrea word for word i i I, I remember telling uh on my i think it might have been my 23rd birthday tom from mxpx bought me a a drink of like lagavulin like this really old uh scotch I remember telling him that um, I was at a mosh pit at Key Arena when I was like 17 and my shoe fell up on stage. I had those big, chunky, like DC skate shoes and it oh, fell yeah. on stage. And then like Mike like walked over and like handed it to me. And like after the song, he's like, you know, people ask me what's the best thing about being in a band. I mean, this is a huge show. Right. And he's like, right. it's just giving that one kid back his shoe. And I was like, that was me. <laughs> so I told yeah, them this story, oh and they just kind of sheepishly gosh. look at me. They're like, uh, "Cool, dude. Cool. Yeah, you're making us feel old." <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I, I was, I was. I mean, Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX were like, oh, it, yeah. they were it for me. And I remember when we were, I think I've told the story, but you know, it's funny. Mike came on our podcast like what, like five episodes in or something, Matt. And uh, I was a little weird. I was like, uh, hey, hey, dude, uh, uh, I used to love your band. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of, you know. But I remember, like, we played a show in Denver once with with Reliant K, and I'm backstage, and there's just kind of this old dude in the corner. And he's, like, you know, not saying anything. And we're about to go on stage, and I look at him, and I'm like, you know, he starts talking to one of my band members, and then uh, he goes, who are you? And he goes, oh, my name's Reese Roper. I'm, uh, you know, and we're like, what? Reese Roper, the singer of Five Iron Frenzy, just sitting in a chair in the corner in, in, in our dressing room. It's kind of old, dude. You're like, <laughs> and I'm like old, dude. I, I'm like, dude, this is why I'm in a band. You're the reason I'm here right. right now. Like, if it weren't for you doing your thing, I don't think I would have been as, as inspired. But it, it, it's funny to be. I don't know, kind of on both sides. It's of the that dichotomy, coin. right? Like you think but something I is a thing, right? But being the Super Bowl MVP, I mean, and, and knowing that you used to beat that guy up, and yeah. uh, you, you you know all that guy's flaws. Yeah, it's you know, kind of surreal, man. It is pretty 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 surreal, especially because that happened in uh, in Arlington at the uh, in the Cowboys Stadium. Yeah, oh, yeah. hundred thousand people there, and it still sometimes is like that. That actually happened. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It it makes you. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. I it, It's like you black out a little bit and like, and you're like, dude, this is, you know, then you're on the field and then, you know, I'm like in tears in the stands, like crying. I'm so happy for my brother. And then you're on the field and, you know, and you're getting hugs from Clay Matthews and Charles Woodson and, and these dudes. And it's just like, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like real life in some ways. Um, yeah. It's weird. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing, man. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that whole, that whole like, the whole juxtaposition of, of fame and then also getting older and having friends that do special things or family members that do special things or are famous, um, sort of mixed with and amplified by social media. Yeah. Um, really kind of like puts a surreal spin on life sometimes. Like, um, I mean, you talk about like you know, people, I remember I had one day and this is just Twitter, right? I had one day where a single day on Twitter, for whatever reason, Ric Flair and Vanilla Ice both followed me in the same day. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, get out of here. Like, get out of here. Talk Are about you your me? talk about your teenage self freaking like you're, out. Dude, you're freaking like, yeah. Well, I was I mean, that was like dude, that was like twelve year old Luke would be like, Yeah. No way, bro. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Vanilla Ice and Ric Flair. Like and I'm like, Well, oh, I appreciate is- I appreciate you being vulnerable about it because I know that like a lot of people don't like to talk about this stuff and yeah. a lot of people kind of shy away from it all. Um you know, I remember we were on tour with Hanson, 
and I was just trying to ask them some questions about what's it like being a child celebrity and what do your other brothers think? And, uh, you know, you were like famous when you were 12 and right. And they, they kind of all got to go through it together, but you know, there's, there's a brother that didn't. And, um, it's gotta be weird to be in a family where you're the brother that didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and, me. And yeah, I'm sure, no, get, and I'm sure people yeah. kind of hit you up and ask you about it all the fucking time, and you're just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, not, it, it, it is sometimes it does get old, guys. To be honest, like it's sometimes it's uh, you get you, you, people don't mean I don't think intentionally to to say things the way they say them to, but like I think oftentimes it's like, what happened to you? Yeah, you know, like yeah, both your brothers played the NFL. What happened to you? You look the biggest out of all of them. What happened to you? And they don't mean it like they don't mean it like derogatory, yeah, yeah. but it could, does feel like a slight sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, the thing is, here's the thing though: the, the honest truth about about fame and all the things that I've I've got to walk through and see is that there is zero percent of me that ever would want to be famous. Zero. Hell yeah! I'm after, with you. after seeing after seeing the things that like that Aaron had to go through and it still goes through, and then and Jordan with the Bachelorette and everything that he does, and there's zero percent of me wants that because the one thing I think that's true about fame is that it, it's at the end of the day it's a lie. People chase it, and then when they find and they finally get it, they find out they don't really want it after all. Oh, and we've t- um, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast about how it just destroys like even the little fraction of it that we we both tasted uh did something psychologically to us that we that yeah. we recognize as unhealthy yeah. and, and we I can't imagine yeah. what massive fame would do well what i think it does is it really it really accentuates and exacerbates a lot of, in your your worst qualities and i don't know how else to put that hmm. except that like if you were a selfish person kind of gives your demons a stage <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you were, I think, I think if you're a selfish person before, I think fame allows you to be even more selfish. And if you were a, you know, it's the, it's the bad things for the most part. I think there's some people in this world that are able to really overcome that for the most part. And they do an unbelievable job right, with the platform they're given. I think I, I would say the rock is one person and that's just a oh, random thing, but yeah. like the way he uses his platform to, and he doesn't act, I mean, he, I don't think he's, it's lost on him, like where he came from or, or the grind that took him there. And I, I even think like guys like in some ways like Bono that that is able to really turn and, and to use his platform, you know, for the things like like the Africa cause and and and, and things he does. And there's a football player named Ben Watson who I oh, think yeah. is is unbelievably phenomenal. It's it understanding like, hey, I have this, I have this really small window, and I'm going to use this like to the max to help mm-hmm. other people and not and not for me selfishly. Because I think the easiest thing to do is is to believe that somehow you're there. Um, solely because of of what you are able to do and we all know that we don't we don't get anywhere solely because of ourselves like there's people that help us people that you know there's a lot of things that happen you know and people would say by chance or you a lot of opportunities that come your way that aren't just about you that get you to where you end up being right being there number one um and i think it's it's really easy to yeah to i mean to <laughs> to be a not a good person and, yeah. and I, I think and i think it, it's also not like not necessarily condoned but it's allow. It, it, there's some sort of thing in, they in encourage America it. in our yeah. society. It's encouraged it, and, and yeah. it's, it's 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 considered normal or allowable. Well, for, it's it's because not to be a decent human being. Like, well, it's you just get, weird. You get surrounded so, well, you, by a lot of yes men. Well, what are yes, you gonna exactly. what are you gonna be if everyone's saying you're so great and so important and so awesome all day long? That's all the signals you get. How are you gonna not believe that for one? And then number two, they want you to believe it. People want to worship, you know, something. And right. we do it with celebrity and, you know, back in the day it would have been with royalty and, you know, there's always something that pe- people have this like desire to uh, put things up on pedestals and say, that's the ideal that I need to set apart. That's the ideal that I look towards. And so if, you, if, if you're going around all day and people are saying, you're the ideal, you're the ideal, you're the ideal, how are you not going to turn around and go, I guess I'm the ideal, you treat well, me, just treat like, me uh, like man, it. I think it's like it's like lying to yourself. At some point, you lie to yourself long enough, you believe the truth, mm-hmm. and I think it's just those things you hear. You keep hearing the same things over and over again, and and you kind of buy into it. Unfortunately, well, that, the, the buying into it, I think, sometimes is is massively detrimental not only to your own life but also to people around you. And yeah. I, that's why I think it's really important that you surround, you stay grounded, whether that's, and you surround yourself with people that keep you grounded and um, you know, I just, it's nothing that I would want. And, and I, I think in a lot of ways, it's 
it's not unlike people that chase wealth their entire lives and, and you know, come to the end and they never feel like they're good enough or they never have, hmm. never can have enough or never, you never felt like they accomplished anything. And, he's, and you know, by the world standards, by anyone's standards, they've done, you know, some of these people have done amazing things. You have billionaires that commit suicide and they can't deal with oh, yeah. their unhappiness. And it, it, yeah. again, it's, it's, there's a lot out? of lies I think that are pushed on us and it, it's that they will make you happy. Back. Yeah. I think we got to call him back. Okay. Are you here? You guys hear me? Hello? Okay. Um, hey, hello. Hey, Luke, you guys there? where is he? I'm here. I can hear y'all. You there? You there? Yeah, you guys there? I, I can hear you. I've been able to hear you. Oh, crazy. Uh, yeah. You're yeah, back. For, You're some back. Reason, for some reason, you cut out. I, I, billionaires committing suicide. Yeah, I would say that... Um, I, I, man, I remember being on Warp Tour, and I remember seeing some of the antics that went on with like the singers on stage. And I remember just thinking to right. myself, like, I, I just... I'm just me. I'm just a guy. I can't do. I'm not going to do any of the, the the crazy shit that I have to do. That I feel like you have to do to make friends with the people that are going to push you onto the platform. And I think that was a big part of it. Was just that you kind of had to kiss a ton of bands' ass mm-hmm. to to get you know on the tours and to get tweeted about, posted about. You know what I mean? And you kind of knew like these are. If you're a genuine person, you know, a lot of these friendships are just business friendships. And it's really difficult because it's like, and I think, um, you know, it's like the wonder years, like the end of the day, you know, as adults, we kind of just see ourselves as kids. Yeah, it's true. That's (laughs) so true, though. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's this adult narrating his, his childhood. And if you think about your brothers and your family and what you come through, and then you're as adults comparing your adult lives to your brother's adult lives. Yeah, I mean, comparison will just drive you crazy. But yeah. I mean, well, yeah, my like from- my little brother, like right out of college, got a, a a job that he worked his way to the top at basically Nordstrom, right under the the VPs, and uh, you know, bought a house and all this stuff, and and uh, you know, bought it in the downturn, and now it's worth three times as much in Seattle, and it's overlooking the water and everything. So I kind of got a little taste of like, you know, I spent my whole life doing this band thing that seemed to be like my best shot. And now I'm like, you know, I'm looking around and go, I don't own a house. I don't, you know, have a steady paycheck. I don't have this stuff. And, uh, and you know, it's just like, it's just the perspective flips, you know, it's like, well, I was the guy getting him him into shows. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And now he's the guy that could bail me out of in a pinch financially. It's it's funny because we've been on tour with so many bands who've had that question. And I, and I want to say, you know, like, I didn't really want to talk about this with you because I felt like, you know, I've seen so many band dudes like they're known for this certain thing or whatever. And I know it's kind of a sore subject. And I know that like I, I or I don't know like how they feel about it. But, uh, you know, you, you don't really want to talk about it. But I think it's important to talk about it because I think we all feel that way. It's just we don't really have these sort of epic circumstances to go. Oh, yeah. Like. Uh, and I'm trying to think of an example of a band guy that's just like, you know, it's like the Hanson brothers. It was like, so what's it like being known your whole entire life from Mbop? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, you right. wrote that song when you were 12 and that's what you're doing when you're 37. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much do you hate playing that song every time, every yeah. night? And that's all people want to hear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I, and I wanted to talk to him about it, but I was like, ah, every band they bring out wants to ask him that question. Yeah. And, and it's not that I really, I feel, I want to feel like I can relate but at the same time, like no one can relate. No one, no one knows your experience. But uh, I, I appreciate you being candid about it. Of course, I know yeah. It's- no, it's it, I. Th- you know, guys, I honestly think that like it, it's we all deal with some with a bit of this on 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 a sliding scale. And you know, mine's very vis <laughs> mine's very visible. Um, but it's not unlike I, I think in some ways that that kids and, and maybe all of us fall into the trap of social media and comparing our lives to other people's lives and our accomplishments, accomplishments to those of our peers. And I think so often, and this is just sort of my, my conclusion after, after all of this stuff is really that I think as humans, we fall into a trap of really just focusing so often on the things we don't have or Mm. the things we fall where we've fallen short or where we feel like we don't add up or haven't, haven't made it or haven't done enough. And yeah, I think when we do that, we, we miss, the, the small victories that we do have in our life, maybe every day and the things that we do have and and the things that we do have that other people wish they had. I, I had this, somebody told me once that 
it was a mentor of mine said that there's somewhere right now, somewhere in a hospital bed, there's somebody praying for the exact situation that you have right now hmm. and that you're complaining about. Hmm. Hmm. You know, there's someone dying that wishing they had, they, they could have the opportunity to, you know, change careers or, or be creative or, or walk, um, not yeah, or walk or not work in a corporate job or, yeah. Um, live in Nashville or, you know, be in love or be, or have kids, the, all these things that or I think be in a first world country. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think, I think we, it sounds, it sounds so like preachy or like just basic, no, but I, no, I think no. oftentimes we, we so focus on the, on the negatives and the things that we were, we, cause we nitpick ourselves more than anyone. And then we have it thrown in our face that other people's lives are so amazing, which is all fake. If we really think about oh, it, yeah. social media is everyone's best foot forward and no one is that happy and no one lives that happy of a life. And, and none no of one the takes successful, pictures. super successful right. no people one looks are happy. like that. <laughs> yeah, no one looks, yeah, exactly. And no one looks like that all the time or even in real life. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Fill, fill in the blank. Right. And I think we let it beat, beat us down sometimes. And I'll be the first to say it happened. I beat myself down yeah. with where I think I should be and what I think I should have. Yeah. And what I think I deserve and, and really, man, I'm very blessed and, um, and very much n- glad that I am the, w- the one that doesn't have the fame and doesn't it's, have the well, trappings I, I, of, it's of so all that. It's so funny because it's like, I think the hard thing is just that you, you can't stay in that place for very long. It's almost like, you know, you go on Twitter and then you see something and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I'm back to that comparison mode. And I think what you're talking about is how probably everyone feels on social media these days. But you, you kind of live like just more of a actual bigger glorified version of that. Right. But you go online, you, you can follow 50,000 successful people. And you see them talk about whatever they're doing all day long, like, oh yeah, just hanging out backstage at the, you know, the Grammys, the Emmys, the whatever. And you go, and you just constantly feel like you can never get there. And right. I remember, I remember, like last week we went to the, we went to the ball game, we went to the Braves Giants game, and uh, my buddy works for the team, so we got to go down on the field. And I'm standing next to the kid Dustin from Stranger Things. <laughs> and he's he's down on the field at Star Wars night, and I'm thinking, oh, he's going to throw out the first pitch. Somebody's a genius. Like, they got the kid from Stranger Things to throw out the Star right. Wars. And he's just kind of wandering around, and I was going to talk to him, but then I thought, how weird. Like, this a grown-ass man is going to talk to this, like, 10-year-old, 12-year-old <laughs> kid. What am I going to talk to him about, you know? And I just thought right. for a second, like, Everywhere that guy, that kid goes, because he was kind of the staple kid of the show, right. um, everyone knows who he is. It's just such a weird, and like Braves players are taking pictures with him, and I'm like, right, oh, yeah, this is weird. You're like a professional ball player, and you're taking a photo with this kid. Um, and I almost just said, dude, good luck. It's gonna be a shit storm from here on out. <laughs> right. I hope, I hope yeah. you live to see your 27th. Stay birthday. real, man. Keep in right, contact like, with your friends. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Oh, dude. Yeah. 100%. It's like, I think the same thing about the, the Walmart yellow kid. Yeah. Like, I, bro, I can't tell you how many friends I have that are very successful musicians here in Nashville that make millions of dollars that look like complete fangirls taking pictures with the Walmart yodel kid <laughs> at, at Stagecoach. Like, I'm, I mean, it is like, what? Like, I mean... That kid has got to be like, what is is going on here? Like, yeah. I've got, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. You're like, dude, this is the surreal life, man. Stay I'm real. Just, I mean, and that's yeah. the thing is like, you know, when you have brothers or friends or whatever, um, you know, certain people are going to pop off like popcorn. And uh, as long as, you know, there is shit can be, I like that. can be pop dealt off like popcorn. Shit, shit can be dealt to them, you know, and they can take it. You can really, I think you can really keep your ego in check uh, quite well, but you just have to maintain the relationships of people who are going to shit on you once in a while when you're being an Absolutely. idiot. Yeah. And good, fr- good friends do that. Right. And that's, that's, I think, yeah, you know what? Your best friends are the ones that like ground you. Right. And be like, listen, dude, like that you're not entitled to that. You yeah. don't, you don't deserve that. You're not always right. <laughs> um, and then they get you, they give you some shit. That's the, that's what they're supposed to do. That's why you have buddies. That's the yeah. whole point. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, it, and you, I you think can too often, see, yeah. like the successful people as their friends get younger and younger and younger. Right. I've seen that a couple of times. And podcast. yes, and yes, and yes, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And it's like, and you get uh-oh. a bunch of fan, fan girls and fanboys that end up falling and they're always going to tell you you're right. 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 You're yeah. on a pedestal. Right. Well, they listen that's to the- you in a different way. Like I noticed that on being on tour with some sex, successful people 
the way they talked to me, it was almost like they were in an interview. And I right. was like, wait, I almost like wanted to yeah. turn around sometimes. Like, is there a guy with a camera behind me? There's some canned answers here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just because they every time they've talked, people have kind of listened intently. And no one's ever like trailed off or... Or like you know, just saw them as a when I meet person. when I meet super famous people, I just ignore them because nobody ever ignores them. So I feel like that's 100%, the, the best right? compliment. <laughs> I don't know like, oh, who are like you. The, I don't I know always, who you are, <laughs> bro. I always like to call them by the wrong name, which yeah. is really funny. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're uh, uh, Tim, right? Like, like I Tom Brady. I met Tom Brady I'm like, I'm from somewhere, Tim. man. Like it's. Tim, right? And he's just like, I, hope you did that. I hope you did that. <laughs> I, and, and I do. By the way, Brady is most down to earth, coolest dude you will ever. Meet. Oh, he seems yeah. pretty. He dude, seems Brady pretty was. Chill. He's one of those guys where it's my last thing on this, and because I know we've been beating to death, but I think also with celebrity and, and fame, you can you can always break it down. And most people actually, if you just you classify people and you want to put them in two different two different types, yeah. And uh, it's it's there you are people and here I am people, hmm. and so if someone walks into a room. And there's someone like here yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Th- that those are the for the most part the shitty celebrities. Hmm. But there's a few of these people that will walk in and be like, "There you are." And huh. when I think when you meet people that are on a massive platform and they and they still are like, "Oh hey," like to who, who or they or they introduce them to ever to themselves to everybody in the room, not just the important person in the room. Yeah, yeah, right? that's awesome. Those kind of people are the are the real people. And Dude. like, and there's been a few you say times Tom, you say Tom Brady's that guy. Yeah, it was awesome because I met Tom at the Derby like six years ago and I was getting him some crap about his, he's wearing these white pants, right? And he's like, well, my wife dressed me. <laughs> and, he, and I was like, well, I'll get, you know, if your wife wanted to dress me, I think I'd probably wear the white pants as well. And he's like, he starts laughing, right? And it, well, the next day, is, that was the Oaks on Friday and the next day is the Derby. And I, I've been like in a white linen suit the next day at the Derby because the Derby. And I'm at the ATM pulling out money because I'm... I'm being a degenerate gambler uh, at the derby, like I should be, right? And I get this tug on my jacket, and the ATM's right near the bathrooms, like uh, on the level we were sitting. And I get this tug, and I halfway look up, and it's it's Brady, and he goes, "Hey, Luke, who's wearing white pants today?" And he's like, "Ah!" And he like, and, it, and I'm like, "Dude, that gets, that's a cool dude right there." Cause, cause that dude's yeah. won a lot of championships. He saw you, and, he, and he's gonna go take a shit real quick on you. Yeah, nobody has more trolls. <laughs> Nobody has more right. trolls than, Dude, than Tom Brady. The, yes. And there's been a couple other times like where I remember when Amon Green was like the, he was the man in Green Bay as the running back. Oh, yeah. I lived with my brother his rookie year and Amon was the running back. And then I moved to Australia the following year. Um, and I came back. I was gone a whole year. And the next season came back and I was sitting in a Red Robin with, with my brother. And Amon walks in. And of course, all these people, he's still the starting running back there, walks in. And all these people are like, oh, and he walks to the back. Ignores my brother and goes, Luke, dude, how was Australia, man? I need, I need to hear stories and sits down. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the starting running back for the Packers. And he doesn't like, I mean, that's a cool dude. That's a there you are guy, not a yeah, yeah. not yeah. a here I am. And bro, guys, that that to me is the most is the rarest and, mo- and most amazing quality with people, especially with fame and even with money, because people with money act like they're famous anyway, right? But it, it, it and I think it it goes for everybody and I. It, be a there you are person like be someone who make sure you recognize everyone in the room mm. and make sure you make sure that even if you are if you are have a little bit of status that you make time for everybody because i've been backstage um at jimmy kimmel when my brother was on there and shia labeouf walked in and he walked past 10 people without saying anything including myself to get to my brother make a really awkward like bro hug introduce himself and then walk out saying nothing anybody else in the room yeah that was and my brother afterwards was like he's the biggest douchebag i've ever met <laughs> like the fact he didn't the fact he didn't introduce himself to any of my friends or family here right he's like that guy sucks um and that's the impression that would, you leave that, that's yeah. what it is yeah. yeah and i'm just saying that's that's the opposite of of a brady i guess right um, right anyway. but everyone but everyone you know we had my buddy jesse on who uh became like a famous vj and uh he said the same thing about chris rock he said he showed up Chris Rock showed up to one of his interviews. He worked for entertainment, uh, uh, and he was doing an interview with Chris Rock, and he said, you know, Chris Rock showed up like 10 minutes late, and he apologized to me and all my staff. He said, we don't, we're not late. Our time is not more important than your time, and we are very sorry. This is not how That's I awesome. do things. And That's he's like, awesome. dude, of, 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 he, he said, of all the hundreds of celebrities I've interviewed, Chris Rock stands out because of that. And I think what people don't realize is that this, these are the stories that get told years later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, yeah, and I the was, bad ones. I was the hanging out with Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> and he totally made fun of my white pants. It's like, uh, what? You know? And well, I, he's like a real dude. Yeah, yeah. he's just like one of the, uh, that's that's man, that's awesome. See, that's the, what it's about. Or the Shia LaBeouf story where it's like. Right. Oh man, dude. That, that and I think it's because at the end of the day we're all human beings. And I think Tom Brady actually wants a friend and because ninety nine point nine percent of people are gonna treat him weird, but right. you're gonna just make fun of his pants. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm just a, well, I'm a normal dude. That's with this what a team that's what a teammate would do, right? Just make fun of his pants. Right. That's why you keep your brothers around you because they'll make fun of your pants and but keep it's you normal. Hard. I was just standing next to my favorite baseball player the other day. And luckily, I had my kid in my arms, so I didn't feel like I was a I was a total tool. You had a child um, shield. Yeah, I'm just sitting yeah, there. Right. And Buster Posey comes. Buster Posey comes walking my kid up the wants, line. Hey, my kid wants to meet you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My kid really wants to meet you. He can't speak yet, but he really yeah. likes to say hello. He's he's three months old. You know, I got lucky. You're his I was favorite. Just, I was sitting there, and Buster Posey started walking down the line, and and my kid had a baseball, and I was like, Hey, you want him to sign a ball? And he's like, Okay. And then so he just held his hand out over the rail, and Buster Posey was really cool. He he, he all these adults are asking for autographs, and he's just like ah. He's like, ah, hey, look, a few more for the kids. And he grabs my kid's ball and signs it and gives it back to him. And he didn't he didn't ask for anything. But I remember at that moment going, I don't know. I I, I felt like I, I can't talk to Buster. I don't I don't even know what to say. It's just like <laughs> right. this guy's like, you know, three time world champion, you know, he's just gold glove. He's just like he's like the dude that every baseball player wants to be. And I remember thinking at that moment, like, it's weird to be on the opposite side of that again. Just kind of like Having some quasi success, right? You've been you've been on both sides of the fence. And you're like, this is a kind of a weird position. Yeah. It's well, and there's so no weird. difference to you between you know Reese Roper and Buster Posey. It's like it's just all perspective, right? Right. It's right. Just, I mean, yeah. both both very chiseled features, great jawlines, <laughs> great jawlines, yeah. very yeah. intimidating. In your in your in your viewpoint. Well, 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 Luke. Uh, I do have one last oh, funny story to Nate, say, real quick. Not Come again. On. I got to throw it out there. I will say the first time I met you, Luke, I made an awkward <sighs> joke about Aaron Rodgers randomly. Oh, you did. Remember, we were sitting I on the couch, and you were like, "Oh, I'm from Chico," and I said something like. Oh yeah, you probably oh. you probably hanging with like Aaron Rodgers crew. Or oh, you something. know, I think you said you probably went to high school with Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, you're like that. Well, that's my brother. <laughs> I was like, I, maybe I said well, we did take baths together at one point. So we bathed together. Yeah, and I was just on like, occasion. I made some dumb comment just because I didn't know. And uh, sure enough, don't make fun of or even a joke about somebody famous because you might be sitting next to his brother. <laughs> right. That's the moral of the story. That's a great. That's a great moral of the it's story. Great moral. Or, or do because it does really does break the ice in, in really awkward. Yeah. There you go. Enjoyable ways for me. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't say something even worse, like oh that idiot guy or whatever, something that terrible or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that'd, have been, that'd have been funny. But I mean, talk maybe shit. You as your as you as his brother, you would have you would have laughed because that's probably how. That's how all brothers talk to each other anyway. Right, yeah. 100%. I would have been like, well, you're right. You're actually but kind of you're kind of you're kind of right on there. But <laughs> I remember, remember what you said though. I remember what you said about, you know, when you walk in the room and what did you say again? Say it again for everyone cuz I just love what you said about I was going to say like there's two types of people. There's uh there's a here there here I am people and there's there you are people and I, I yeah. think that I think that a lot of people forget their humanity and become here I am people. Mm-hmm. Um those love who that. don't I there there you are and those are the people that I think you really hold on to and those are the, like you said, those are the stories you tell for a long time, and those are the ones that make an impression on you. Because, I mean, I the, Mon Green, I talked to him in 2007, and that's the one thing I remember about him was just like his kindness. And not only that, I hadn't seen him in a year, but he bypassed everyone and even ignored my brother to, to ask about a trip I had told him about yeah. a year before. Yeah, you know what I mean, like uh, that kind of stuff. And that wasn't there was not social media like there is now right. where I was posting a billion pictures on Instagram from Australia. It wasn't like that. It was way different. Huh. So. You know, it, 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 I've got a, a mountain of stories of guys that I, I have like unending respect for because they are they're those type of people. But the ones that really stand out, I think, were Brady, and then I really Amon Green in that in that sense. And Brady really because you would think he had every right in the under under the sun to to be a jerk, yeah. You know, um, and and to be stuck up and not talk to somebody's brother, but um, yeah, he made you feel like you're one of the guys back home in the Bay Area where he's from, and that's <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's an unbelievable compliment to a guy that. Is married to a supermodel that makes more money than him, <laughs> and has won more rings than any 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 quarterback in NFL history. Well, so, well, hmm. Luke, I can honestly say that you are a there you are type person, and you have a beautiful personality. Thanks, Matt. And how can people uh, listen to you? Like, you got a podcast. You 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 share the love your personality. You share that online. Where where can people find you? 
Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, with the sports related podcast is one I do with Jordan that we are bringing back at some point in the near future. We said this month, hopefully it is this month. Um, it's just called sports related because we like puns and we like to talk about a little bit of sports. I love that. And, and you're and you're both related. And we're both related. There yeah, that's go. the pun yeah, part. That's the pun. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, and I just I had to spell a, that out for you. I, I love it. I love it. Sometimes <laughs> you gotta, you know, when you gotta spell out jokes, they aren't as funny, but. <laughs> You know, for no, the kids great. in the back, sometimes we, we want to include everybody. Um, and then the other thing is, I have a little project coming out, and I have to. Oh, I have we're to Luke. Go. Boys, come on at some point. We lost you um, again. We lost you. Luke. A, a podcast called the Mancast, which oh, no. work for, not towards the end. Bit about. I am. Luke, are you there? Luke. Oh my there gosh, guys! Can you hear me? Can you Luke, hear me? You back. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm here. Good thing I'm recording this from my is end for Luke? you guys. I, I, I just oh. feel like Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Hello, Luke. Hello, hello. Oh, now we found you. Now we found you. So we got okay. we got you on sports related podcasts, and then what else are you doing? Oh, I've got a, a little project I'm gonna have come out the by this summer called the Mancast, which is um, it's gonna be real short episodes. I really just I, anything and everything that 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 I think a man should know to be a better man, um, from survival techniques to like real like real sort of deep. Like introspective things like how to be a better husband and father. And I'm going to talk to a bunch of friends that I went through my Rolodex and I thought, thought you know what? I think a lot of, a lot of us are growing up in a society in a, in a place where, um, you know, we, we either don't have fathers or don't have strong, you know, male figures in our lives. And there's, you know, I think there's, we all have like a little proverbial tool belt. We can fill up with knowledge and wisdom from people that are experts, um, on being men. And uh, that's, I'm going to do a little project this summer, and I, and I don't know when, exa- when exactly it's going to launch, but I've been doing some interviews here and there. Uh, it's going to be real short, like 14 minutes. I want it to be real digestible. So, like, you know, three three ways to uh, – I got my buddy Johnny Quinn's coming on, who was Olympic bobsledder, and he has this big thing about thinking like an Olympian. So we're going to talk about three ways to think like an Olympian. Hmm. I got a buddy who who wrote a book on marriage, and we're going to bring on and talk about three ways to be a better husband, hmm. be a better father. And then be real quick hitting. And it's kind of something I think I've become real passionate about um, is just being a better man myself. And so in a lot of ways, it's going to be a journey of self-discovery for me to really be a better version of me. But I want to share that with everybody. So, you know, that's coming up this summer. That's very cool. Man cast. You know what's. Yeah. Rad. You know what? You know what's cool? And I I haven't really ever done anything like this, like really spoke frankly but you know what I think is cool about your story and what I've kind of pieced together is that because of your brother's extreme fame, other celebrities feel comfortable with you. Yeah. They can you come get to, to be, you. You, get, you kind of get grandfathered in, into the circle in a weird way. But, which, but, it, uh, but it's not because they want to associate with him. It's because they feel like you're not going to judge them. Right. I, mm, I think, thanks, man. That's, that's kind of how I feel. I just try to treat them like normal people because I think they are normal people. Really, They don't have just, a lot of real friends. Right. And you can I think that's be, why I really protect. I really, I kind of protect my Rolodex in a sense of like, because you, you guys, I'm sure have a, had a taste of feeling like everybody wants something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah! It's, and it's, I think, I think it's refreshing to have people that want really don't want anything from you except maybe your friendship and and your time in the sense of of sharing that time, and enjoying that time. And I think the more famous you are, and the and the more the brighter the spotlight, the less. You have anyone treat you like that, and um, yeah. so it's always been kind of important to me to re- remain authentic. But you could be kind of like a Billy yeah. Graham to presidents. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could. Yeah, I mean that's, be... a, that's a that's an interesting analogy. I don't. Yeah, ish. I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, like, but I mean, like, he's kind of you know he's kind of done some things and made you know made a name, but he's not in that arena really. I mean, he's but he's just he's somebody that a president could talk to because the president feels comfortable with this guy. This guy's not going right. to judge a safe me. person. This, yeah. this guy's not going to, he's not looking out for any, he's not, he doesn't have an agenda here. He's just Billy Graham. He's a good guy. He's good, but, but he's, but he's also kind of, you know, been through the ringer himself. But I yeah. think that, right. I just think that's cool. Cause you know, in the beginning of the podcast, you're saying, I'm just not, I'm not really sure what that experience was, but I feel like it's a really cool opportunity that you have to, to make friends with that, people right? that don't probably have a lot of, good friends because of the uh, position. I, honestly i think that like everything we, we were put through there's no accident to it so i think we're meant to share you know our experiences and what we glean from mostly from our failures and, and ironically um you know with people I, th- I think i really think that god puts us through things for a reason yeah and and a lot of times the reason is to help people not go through the same thing or help them navigate through the hmm. same thing um and if, i think if you're able to look at a lot of your failures in in that that light, I think you can find some purpose for that. Uh, there, I don't think some, there's some things I think, honestly, guys, that we will we'll never understand. Hmm. Um, 
And I think sometimes we have to come to that conclusion. I'm really working hard on that. I'm not very good at it. I'm working hard on coming to t- coming to terms with like the conclusion of pro merch and realizing that maybe it doesn't mean anything except it just failed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in the long run, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about my new mantra has been, I'm just going to celebrate the small victories and really look at the things I do have and try to live in that space. I mean, it, simple stuff, guys, it's really simple, but it's really hard to do oh, like yeah. anything else. Right. Yeah. It, it is, but, um, well, you should take Donald Miller's advice and read that book. Cause I think there's a lot in there, especially with, uh, I've, it's on my table, Matt, with, right now. With, I actually looked at it this morning. Yeah. I need to, I need to read it. It's a lot of, well, it's I, a lot of man stuff, but, uh, I, but the way that you're talking and kind of the, I, I'm feeling inspired listening to you, but I think you probably yeah. get a lot of good insights from there. So. Well, speaking of small well, victories, guys. I got to get better at ending podcasts. <laughs> so I'm going to celebrate well, this podcast by saying, dude, I appreciate you being honest with us about some tough stuff. And sure. uh, and for being show. inspirational and, and yeah. kind of giving me a little jolt in the arm. Like, you know what? Luke's, Luke's on to some stuff. So, yeah, yeah man. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for well, coming cool. on, well, man. I appreciate you guys, man. It's good to, it's good to hear you guys out here in cyberspace, at least. Nate, I'd love to see you sometime around here. Yeah, we Matt, all need to hang. Love to see you when you're back through here. All right, brother. Um and thank you for being in the soundtrack, both of you guys. I'm being the soundtrack to uh, a portion of my younger years. I do, I do really. It is really fun to be on this podcast with you guys. I really did, honestly. I'm not kissing your butt. I'm not that kind of guy. I really did love both your bands and your music. So. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. So you guys are famous for a second here. Oh hell yeah! In my feels eyes, feels good. It feels good, man. It feels good. Finally, it's it's over already for me. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, Luke. I appreciate it. All right, yeah. take care, man. Bye, guys. When you wanna feel free, but okay too Maybe I don't think of you anymore Little brown hair on the run Maybe I don't somehow believe That this own car could still run Talk all right.